Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 230, covering Bada Bing Bada Bang and Inter Arma Enim Silent Lieges with Brian Lynch. Hi friends, as Dave must have just told you, there are some real nonsense titles this time. Yeah, we Today on the names. post-atomic horror, Blood the Blood and Struberder. Yep. Schlibby Booby and Double Double. And uh, Brian is here, and I'm pretty sure that's why he chose this episode, just because uh, nonsense. Absolutely. <laughs> bada bada bum bada da and honesty in terms of silent leggings. Garbledina. Yes. Yeah, I think he was in Into Darkness. Are we still making that joke? <laughs> yes. Uh, what the hell? That joke will never not be funny. Take that, Admiral Robocop. All oh. right. So, see, I was I was pretending to make fun of Benedict Cumberbatch, but I was really making fun of Peter Weller. You get it? It was the old switcheroo. But there's nothing ridiculous about Peter Weller's name. I guess that's It's true. perfectly respectable. Uh, no, the word is not Weller, it's better. Oh, is he? Is it like the German? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've got no idea. Oh, very well. It's like well, well, weller, wellest. I don't know. I'm trying on something here. <laughs> no, no. See, he comes from a long line of Peter Wellers. That sounds dirty. Yeah, that's that's what I was going for there. Well, so you succeeded. So we, we've uh, we've reached yet another Vic Fontaine episode. Everyone's favorite character, Vic Fontaine. Oh uh, yeah, it's been almost oh, yes. a week. So yeah. So, uh, Brian, why don't you tell us all about bada-bing, bada-bang. Bada-bing, bada-bang. All right. We open in Vic Fontaine's lounge, where Miles and Julian are trying to get Vic to join them in their Alamo simulation, because we're doing a lot of things that make sense this week. No, seriously, I'm all the time asking Mario to come hang out in Metroid with me. Vic says no, because he only goes to other Hollow Sweet programs when he can fuck up a religious ceremony, but he will sing them a song. So he starts singing about the Alamo, and I settle in for ten minutes of music, but what's this? The club suddenly becomes dark and seedy. Vic's stage is invaded by the angriest strippers ever. It seems that Miles and Julian have been playing for so long that they've finally reached the boss level. A mobster named Frankie Eyes has been taken over the casino, and he can never be removed. Uh, he can neither be removed, nor the program can be frozen. According to Bashir's friend Bob Sakamano, I mean Felix... This is a, quote, jack-in-the-box, and the only way to get rid of him is to defeat him in-universe. Wait a minute. A surprise character in a video game that none of the main characters know how to deal with secretly inserted by a programmer as a practical joke? This is exactly the plot of that one episode of Deadly Games that Brent Spiner was on. Right? Deadly Games? <coughs> Y'all remember that show? On UPN? With Christopher Lloyd? No? Okay. Uh, anyway, it is determined that the best way to beat Frankie is to prevent him from paying his tribute to the Don, and the best way to prevent him paying is a good old-fashioned casino heist. Nearly the entire senior staff gets involved, except Worf, who thinks the phrase, Vic Fontaine is in trouble, <sighs> makes about as much sense as, the TV is in trouble, and Cisco, who doesn't like Vic's. When asked why by Cassidy, he says that he doesn't like the idealization of a particularly racist time in human history, considering a devaluation of human struggles to pretend anything was otherwise, and by the way, the last time he was in mid-20th century America, he got the shit beat out of him. Cassidy counters that this is a reflection of the way the world should have been, and a celebration of the fact that they are not now limited in the way that they would have been then, and by the way, get over yourself. Everyone's welcome in Vicks, be they black or white or jug-eared pumpkin people. Cisco is convinced, and probably always secretly wanted to do a heist anyway. In true heist movie fashion, everyone's got a job to do, there's some surprise twists, some quick thinking, some mortal peril, but in the interest of not running too long in this, here's a quick highlight reel. Number one, Julian's whole job is squirting something into a drink. I feel like Esri could have done that herself, but Jules just wanted to be involved. <laughs> two, Esri and Kira are hot 60s chicks, which I think we can all appreciate. Mm -hmm. Number three, Cisco makes it rain! And number four, O'Brien gets strip-searched because it's been too long since anything terrible happened to him. So, in the end, the day is saved, the club is restored, and Cisco actually gets up on stage and sings a song, which is amazing. The song is called The Best Is Yet To Come. He must have been talking about the finale. Uh, now, usually when I do these genre parodies, I have a list of parody titles at the end, but heist movies don't really have great titles for that, so all I've got is Cisco's Eleven, The Bajoran Job, Habitation Ring Heist, Take the Latinum and Run, and Miles and Julian Go to Las Vegas. 
I guess reservoir targs, but really the heist wasn't central to that. Still worth it for the scene where Martok yells at Worf for not leaving a tip. <laughs> Never you mind what even... tipping. Never mind what you would normally do. <laughs> also, Brian, there is a game where you can play Mario as Metroid or Metroid as Mario. I don't know one of those. Oh, yep. the, the yeah, that that Flash game. Right. Yeah, I do like that game actually. Well, so. we'll see. There you go. All right, lamp yeah. singers in the Alamo. Next yeah. big Flash sensation on the internet. Uh, I'd still rather play Metroid and Mario though. Yeah. I, I How about Mario at the Alamo? Eh. Oh yeah. I forgot a about A lot of the bricks Alamo. there for him to break with his head. See the thing is though he wouldn't need a coon skin cap because he already has the raccoon tail stick. Damn out it, of I was ass. gonna make yeah, you you beat me to that. <laughs> the Tanuki skin cap. <laughs> Don't come at me with a Mario Mario's butt joke. on his head. I'll get you every time. That's true, you will. I okay. I've, I've said before I don't like whimsical episodes, and then I've kind of taken that back because I do kind of like whimsical episodes, and mm -hmm. I do like the whimsical aspects of this, but uh, I'm so tired of everybody's best friend, Vic Fontaine. Mm, well, mm. yes, but also I love this episode, so I'll overlook it. There's a lot of fun stuff, and I, I this is basically made for Matt. Yeah, oh, basically. I mean, this is, you know, hey, it's Star Trek, and it's a heist movie. Yep, you basically I nailed do it. I really love heist movies. Yep. I just, I, are 11, they really the that sting, big of a thing? Like you like you said, there's heat, not a lot of them to name. Sneakers. So. No, there's there's a lot. There's just the names are like, well, what was I just saying? Heat, sneakers, the sting. Like, I can't make jokes out of these. Yeah. Point break, I guess. There might not be a, there might not be a lot of them, but there are a, uh, like, a, there are a subgenre that I really enjoy. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. I, the thing, the only thing that really bugs me about a heist movie is where they spend half the movie explaining what's going to happen, and then they show you what happens, and it only is almost exactly the same, but slightly it goes wrong, and it's no, like, they, I just saw this. No, in a good heist movie, they show you what's going to happen, and then they show you what actually happens, and how it goes completely off <laughs> off the rails, well, and how the guys okay. fix it. But it still and they feels... Got, they gotta come up with quick fixes, like, oh no, what if the drinks spill? Julian's gonna have to get more drinks. Right. Whew, dodged a bullet there. What if there's okay, a different was... guy counting the money? Well, then we'll just give him the poison drink. Yes. It, I don't know, it just... But what if felt, he doesn't it, want to drink poison? It, well, then, the... then, you, uh, then you bring out his inner jerkiness. Yeah, you trick him by saying, well, I guess I'll drink the poison. Oh no, you won't! The hell you Fuck will! You will. Yeah. Stop staring at me. You got those bug eyes. No. <laughs> Not sorry, sorry about the... the bug eyes thing. <laughs> well, it was Gowron. Yes, it was. As a as as, as his uh, other stage name, instead of uh, Robert O'Reilly, he was uh, he was Bobby Riley. He was listed as not Gowron. Yep. That's for darn. I don't think I've short. ever seen. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anyone in my life who looks less like they should be named Bobby. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Definitely. That's a Robert if ever I met one. <laughs> Or possibly a Bobbert. Bob, there, there's, that's not actually a name, Matt. You know I'm that. I'm pretty right? sure it is. I gotta say though, he does kind of look like a Bobbert, right? There's, there's no such name. I know, but he looks like he, he look. He looks like he could be. Yeah. Oh, Al, if there's right. no such thing, what did I just say? Come on. Well, everything you say is the actual truth and fact. I can't just make things up. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that he got you there. Bingo. I mean, Dabo. <laughs> that's a Dabo. I mean, Yahtzee. That's number wang. <laughs> but it's it's mostly that the stakes don't exist. Like I don't care if Vic Fontaine oh, yeah, lives there's... or dies. He's not alive in the first place. See, you don't care, but there's... they do, and I'll take that. I I also don't believe that every single person on Deep Space Nine cares about Vic. That is that I will buy. Well, if you look at the people involved, obviously Nog has an important personal yes. connection to yep. him. Odo and Kira, the, the, you know, because he got yep. them together. Yep. Jules and uh, O'Brien, because yep. they love spending time there. I don't know there. that and, Miles uh, has ever really shown any particular, like, fondness for him. Julian, yes, but... Well, I'm sure, Miles uh, likes hanging out with Julian. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure, and, I'm sure uh, Miles would go along just because Julian asked him to. We're going to say Vic Fontaine. Yeah, all right, I got nothing going on tonight. But what about Esri? And, what about Well, Esri just, Esri just likes to be included. Yeah, Cassidy I mean, is the one that makes no sense. Esri just showed up, and she'd be like, so what do you guys do for fun around here? Rescue fake people from fake gangsters? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yep. Yeah. No, Actually, I, though, Cassidy is my good thing. Because oh, just Cassidy's be one. Because yeah. we've made such, like, I in particular have made such a big deal out of her just not fitting with this cast. Like, she's not really up to their standards acting-wise. In this one, she's fantastic. She's... Mm -hmm. She, everyone else, like all the other chicks are playing sort of like high class, like, look at me, I'm sexy. And she kind of moms it up. 
and she she yeah, goes the, over she to, does, the, yeah. to the slot machines the where the moms Vegas. go, and it just it fits. Yeah. Wearing kind of a mom it outfit, flirts yeah. with the security guard. Yeah, no, no, that's the part that I love. That poor her, guy. her whole relationship with the security guard is adorable. Yeah, like, uh, she's actually pretty good in this. He he must feel like his fake hologram life is finally turning around. <laughs> she's just using him. Well, and presumably this dude Felix has programmed everyone with like their whole like branching lives and stuff. So you know. Well, he programmed Cheech with his bizarre love of cheesesteaks. That's not that bizarre. If you're from Philly, you like cheesesteaks. That's, you know. That's, <laughs> uh, I suppose that, that's, yeah, the, that's the only the thing that face? Felix Come knows on. about. Yeah, I mean, look, I lived in Philly for two years, and that's really the only thing I remember is cheesesteaks. I'm not even kidding. Cheesesteaks and people getting disappointed cheesesteaks shoved in their face. Yeah. Guy's very violent when it comes to sandwiches. One thing Felix we know, is just but... sitting at home feverishly tapping away on his typewriter. <laughs> and then he pushes the sandwich in the guy's face. Um, so... I'm going to win a Holly Award for this. Oh, oh God. Yeah, I don't know. probably. <laughs> a sweetie. <laughs> or hollow sweet. <laughs> a, a sweetie, Ugh. yes. Yes. S-U-I-T-E-Y. Ugh. <laughs> He's uh he's he's probably got a bunch. Yeah, probably. I mean, he seems like a very good writer. I there's, there's 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 some details in this thing. There's not. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Except let's, when let's, there isn't. This this kind of leads us to Matt's bad thing. I yeah, I get the 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 idea of the Jack in the Box program is made to shake things up. Like that that makes sense. Um, well, we hit a point where they've been playing it for so long. Yeah. He's like, if you're playing this for ten thousand hours, then something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think it's weird to include in a Vegas simulation that was, when it was made, supposed to be a lounge act. Like, this thing, ba like, from what I figure, from when the, what happened when this thing first showed up is, it was supposed to basically be a CD that Julian could go inside of. Yeah, it's yeah, like, more or it's, less. this is like Winamp, only with a really fancy skin. Yeah, exactly. Um... What does annoy me is that being unable to pause the damn thing or do anything to change it. Now you're making, like, this thing's supposed to be a game? Yeah. Like, and now you're taking away all my options, like, and my ability to make it work. Like, yeah, that is I really get the weird. option of adding danger. It's like putting your tornadoes into SimCity, but forcing that to happen? That doesn't make any sense. And it's it's especially strange that you can't freeze the program or anything because... yeah. Felix must assume that most people will not be leaving this on all the time. Yeah, right? exactly. That they're going to be in, like, public hollow suites or something. Yeah. Well, well. plus, think of it this way. Like, why is there linear, like, continuity when really this is designed for you to turn it on, listen to some songs, and leave? Like, yeah, why exactly. is there a story at all? There's no story to yeah. play. So why I would you like ever I leave get... it on for that long? Like, I, I like appreciate the mob the... suddenly came the... and took over Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I appreciate the adaptability of making it not, like, you can make it not just this lounge yeah. act. Like, Nog can use it to become yeah, a business option. simulator or whatever. Right. But mm -hmm. introducing, like, this whole new, all these new characters and this new, like, setting and drastically changing the program without any consultation from the people who actually use it, that's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Julian paid money for this also. So yes. there's that. Like the fact yeah. that, that this is a product that he bought that now doesn't work the way he was it was promised. That's also a thing. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it's you know. Yeah. That being said, I'll take but it because I'll, I'll take it because I like the episode. Well, like yes, I said, I do. I, I would have liked it a lot better if everyone wasn't Vic's friend and everyone wasn't just and, and also if all this Vic Fontaine we've had in the last 10 episodes had been spaced out over the last seven seasons, it wouldn't bother me at all. It's the fact yeah. that it's so strong all at once. And it's like, we're almost done. Can we spend a little more time with Odo or Cisco or Kira or somebody? Why yeah. are we with this guy so much? Yeah. No, I, I was pretty much completely certain I was going to hate Vic and I don't, I still like him with this last episode. I, the um, thing I is, I don't think... dislike the character. I dislike no. how much they're leaning on the character, how much the writers are clearly in love with the character. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you there. Yeah, I do think that this was probably their best option for, because obviously, and I'm sure they explicitly said as much even on Memory Alpha, this is supposed to be a nice, low-stakes, goofy time before yeah, that's we what go they said. to the big and finale. They, they, they said they yeah. want, they, this guy want, always wanted to write a Vegas heist thing, 
and they had all the pieces finally and he's like i'm never going to get this chance again i just want to do this there we go and i guess you know if yeah they've been leaning on vic pretty heavy lately but if you want somebody who's going to be able to facilitate a nice low stakes adventure for everybody and let you know cisco sing a song and yeah play crazy dice games and no, listen, Cisco... let Odo and Kira very obviously be having weird sex games in the background. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, and I They were getting into it. I really like the whole Cisco like when I was when I was younger, like this episode was on when I was, I don't know, twenty three, twenty four or something. And I thought Cisco was being super preachy about the race thing. It was like just loosen up and have oh, yeah. fun. Not everything's about race. And it turns out no. Cassidy talks to him three different times and he's like, no, I don't want to do it. And she has to really drag it out of him. He's like, okay, you want to know why? Here's why. And that was actually a lot cooler than I remembered. I thought he was being really like wearing it on his sleeve and he wasn't at all. He's just, mm-hmm. look, I'm not no, into he's it. Actually, I don't want to talk about like, it. Yeah, he's really, I just don't want to go really to the 60s. About, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, no. And as, like, I don't like this, garbage this and I don't lie. feel like playing 60s. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. No, and, and it's a good way for the writers to call that out, to say, yeah, mm-hmm. it would have been weird having Cisco and Cassidy hanging out here, but yeah. th- this is our crazy, idealized, like, fictional thing. It doesn't matter, okay? Just, mm-hmm. just yeah. It's just a show. You should really just relax. Yeah. yeah. I am glad that, you know, we have that moment with Cisco where he can touch on yeah. it, especially as the only person on the show who's actually experienced racism. Yeah. Except for Quark. Well, yeah. That species is filthy, dirty Ferengi. Which actually leads into Brian's bad thing. Quark's not there, as well as a bunch of other people. Yeah, the the thing that, if you're going to be doing this, this is our before the finale, big wacky, everybody has fun episode. Yeah, I think that it was a good gag when they were like, Worf, don't you care about Vic? And he was like, no. Well, no, no, he says, he's a good singer, but I don't care about him. Yeah, like, like, he's, you know, that's like asking me... Do I care about Friday Night Lights? Yeah, I enjoy the show, but I'm not <laughs> going to go and rescue Friday Night Lights from a gangster. Right. Um. Now there are shows that, that episode, I would rescue from delightful. a gangster. Yeah, probably. Um, but the uh, you know, let Worf be in the heist. Like it's our last minute wacky episode. Let him be there. Let Quark get in on the action. Maybe mm-hmm. this is throwing off his profits because people aren't renting the house we program out anymore or something. Sure. Um, if you need a waitress in a sleazy casino bar, why are you having Esri do it when Lita is around? Right. Also, why, Rom and Lita why does both Cassidy have, go... like, like, they have oh, yeah. much no, closer no, yeah. ties to Vic than uh, Cassidy or uh, Esri. Well, like I say, mm-hmm. I like that they got Cassidy involved because, like, I feel like they haven't always used her to, to her best advantage and she was fun, like, she was great in this fun episode, but mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, Rom and, I mean, I don't want Rom to be around, but Rom and Lita would be more, you know, make more sense there. <laughs> And uh, Cassidy went out of her way to mention uh, that Jake enjoys uh, spending time yes, with Yes, we've too, seen Jake Syrup, enjoy. Yeah. He, he brought Syrup a date Lofton there. does not appear in etc. Yeah. And, and I feel like Jake, Jake will go to any bar he can get into. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> true, too. I also, like, I don't think this would have worked in the episode, but it might have been, like, a, a funny to me for Jake to be sitting in on, on his lecture about race. And he's like, well, but that, that was a long time ago. Who cares? Yeah. There's no racism now. Everything's great now. Shut up, Dad. <laughs> Shut up, old man. <laughs> That's the... and then he puts on some headphones and skateboards out of Yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> but see, now you're just reminding me how much like Poochie Vic is. Because <laughs> literally, whenever he's not on screen, everyone's asking, where's Vic? <laughs> so long. I got to go back to my cuckoo home planet now. <laughs> Ring-a-ding-ding. Yeah. But no, you're you're right that they should have involved like I I mean we see all our guys dressed up in their fancy sixties duds walking right through a casino to go to a yep. pretend casino, mm-hmm. and Quark's just like hey what wh- um what excuse me get, real money here I could get poker and- I could get crap what is craps that's not what I think it is is it because <laughs> the last time right, I tried to add to the bar people complained yeah here humans I got you craps ah. Ugh. Quark, uh, no! So, Matt, your good thing was basically that this was fun, right? Like This is a great episode. I had a lot of fun watching it. I was endlessly delighted by it. And they basically took a genre of movie that I really enjoy and then put, took a bunch of characters that I love and put them in it. Like, Fair enough. That's perfect. 
I will say I'm glad that they found a way to get Cisco in there. Yes. Because dude mm-hmm. cleans up nice. He's a good yep. singer. Like, he really fits in this atmosphere. Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's a good-looking good guy. Once yeah. he shows up, like, I love all those scenes of him playing uh, Blackjack, Roulette. Well, just even the little the little flares, the yeah. little, like, like the way he rolls dice, the way yeah. he just, he looks like kind of a Vegas high roller. Like, yep. he's, he's got a presence that's fantastic. Yeah, that was actually a bit I really liked when they were doing the little montage of everybody practicing, like Nog was practicing cracking open the uh, casino vault and everything, and mm-hmm. Cisco was just practicing rolling dice on his desk. Yep. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't really think you have to practice that, but you got good at it. It's like, is there is, a there's... way to roll dice well? And if there is, what can I learn from it? I don't think there's a way to, to win, but there's a way to look classy doing it. And mm. he pulled that out. Like, just watch him. All, all he's doing is flicking his wrist with a couple of cubes in it, but he looks cool doing it, yep. you know? Like, he totally was just... It's, he's looking in the mirror, practicing how to look cool. Yep. And it, so wait, it how do I know if I got a good roll or not? Well, you have to count the little dots. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, this heist is falling apart. I... Oh, you know what? Actually, this is one of the very rare incontinuity appearances of Cisco's innumeracy because he's supposed to be playing a high roller and his first bid is a hundred dollars. And he's I like, don't know, is, that not, is that not a lot? I'm like, uh, it's almost our joke coming true. Because yeah, he wouldn't really know what a lot of money is. Well, okay, fair enough. Because if they don't use money anymore, it'd be like a hundred sounds like a big number, I guess. That's a well, lot. Like right? I say, it's it's 1962. Is that a, like I don't actually know. Only yeah, living 50 years later, like was that a lot? So I, I don't know. Uh, what He's was your good to be thing, a Brian? Big money rustler. My good thing uh, was um, uh, some really good guest star casting in this because we uh, we always uh, uh, mention that the show uh, frequently has guest stars that are like eh, TV. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the guy that played Frankie Oz was really good. The guy that played uh, the 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 big boss Don was really weird, but in a really <laughs> enjoyable way. I mean, um, Mr. Zemo, and... owner of Zemo Toys. <laughs> Mr. Zemo, yes. Not uh, Baron Zemo, who is no, a different guy not Baron Zemo, which would have been a very different episode. Yes. Oh, yeah. For, uh, Felix decided to have a Nazi war criminal wearing a ski mask <laughs> show up. Yeah, it was stuck fair. to his face. Uh, but the my favorite was uh, Cheech uh, Tony Chichi the uh, the the enforcer not played by, by not played by uh, uh, Richard Cheech Marin though alas sadly no uh, but was played by Mike Starr who you may recognize as the mob enforcer in everything ever yeah <laughs> no he's definitely that guy who's like oh okay they they didn't get Vincent Pastore but he's the other guy he's yep. uh, you know he's he's in uh, Goodfellas he was in. Uh, I say probably most famously he was the uh, the hitman in uh, Dumb and Dumber, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that got that got annoyed by Jim Carrey yelling at him. And of course, Therefore he played the casino the... in Casino. Uh, yes, <laughs> he was Bob Casino. <laughs> uh, and of course, my favorite guest star of all time did show up in this episode again. American accent Miles O'Brien. <laughs> did they ever make a, an action figure of American accent Miles O'Brien? I Why would not? Love they did it if they else. did. Get he your hands off me, buddy. He can have a little button on the back and you push. He goes, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> this dingy broad's got nothing to say. But it's it's that great, like like I say, Cassidy's got this really cute sort of flirty relationship going on with the security guard in the uh, in the casino, and that's part that's her part is to keep him distracted. And she accuses Miles of, of stealing her purse or whatever. And uh it's just it's delightful because he's 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 defending himself and like uh we're gonna go strip search you ha 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 wait does that actually happen in this it does when he was walking back in later he's putting on his coat and he's got a thousand yard stare <laughs> like rubbing his butthole <laughs> y'all just, just you to don't bring want it home. to know what I've seen you things don't want to know what I've things been of mine have been seen seen them with my eyes but it's okay the safety protocols keep them from shooting real bullets at you they don't keep people from like stripping you involuntarily and searching um, your various crevices only if you're only if you're irish oh well that, that's different <laughs> so that's probably what cassidy should have said that irish guy stole my chips but i'm american <laughs> an irish what do you guy. mean <laughs> an irish guy well i i oughta yeah you don't sound american to me look even even robert o'reilly changed his name to bobby riley <laughs> He knew. They should have had that in uh, her, uh, Cassie's little conversation with Cisco. It's like, Vix, it, Vix, it doesn't matter whether you're black or white. Unless you're Irish. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any Irish blood in you, do you, Ben? <laughs> oh. 
Because then we're going to have to rethink this relationship, among other things. Racism doesn't matter, <laughs> Fix. Why, I've been flirting with a white guy while he's there. You've been what? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, we made out a little, but that's all. Listen, doesn't matter. It doesn't count when it's just photons. Listen, we spend a lot of time in there, and you're not interested, so what am I going to do? I got needs, Beth. Needs that can only be fulfilled by a security guard. Hello. Yes. I mean, uh, I was I was using uh, Felix's uh, you know brothel program, but then it got attacked by vampires. <laughs> that makes sense. It's a regular bordello of blood. I gotta Starring save my Dennis favorite Lee. prostitute from vampires. We need to heist this bordello. <laughs> now I want to see that episode. And Crap! Vic that Fontaine sounds amazing, up, right? Vic Fontaine shows up in his coonskin cap. That's counting. Oh, is this not what we're doing this week, Pally? <laughs> I did a check on a. Uh, I, I found a transcript of this episode online, and the word Pally is used nine times. I, I nine times. Nine <laughs> times. I think you're being generous saying the word Pally. I don't think it's a word. <laughs> hey, come on there, Pally. I'm not here to make any enemies, Pally. I like. I like. You mentioned the the world, like the the angry strippers. They were so cranky. They did not want to be there. They were probably angry because they weren't allowed to actually strip because it was TV. Yeah, and no. also because the sexy music they were dancing to was the uh, the slow dance from the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Yes. And they just sort of stomp out, swinging their shoulders around like, Hey, we're bitter and jaded, and our lives have turned out badly, well, so we're going to stand here and stomp, because we're strippers. We've got Ta-ta. 30 seconds to show the audience that this place has gone bad, yeah. so we really just need to shorthand it. So, you know. you but they s- kept hanging around in the background of the episode, but like, it was, just like, it was like, alright, now we're going to like roll our arms around, <laughs> and we're yep. going to do the Charleston. You want to see some erotic dancing? I'll show you some goddamn erotic dancing. Give me that chair. Bang! Never been threatened with eroticism before. Ah, get over here! Oh, I'm giving you a laugh dance. No, please. It's like being clubbed over the head with the the metal copy of Madonna's sex book. Ugh. Sorry about that. Felix has some really weird hang-ups about sex. That's <laughs> right. We're in the sixties. I'm calling them hang-ups. In my um, mind, Felix is Felix the cat. <laughs> See, he's uh, Felix Unger to me. So. <laughs> And to me, as I have mentioned, he's Felix Fontaine. Right. That's as good a theory as any. Yep. Works for me. I, yep. I don't think it's as good a theory as any, because I think it's a much better theory than he's Felix the Cat. Well, no, I'm sorry. No. Felix the Cat is a better is a better theory. Listen, I've, I've learned to just say that Matt's stupid theories are good, otherwise he'll just keep saying them. You're damn right. Wouldn't it be great, though, if like Vic had like a little cartoon cat sidekick? <laughs> Because it's not like this is, like, realistic or anything. Yeah, Ladies so. and gentlemen, MC Scat Cat. Because <laughs> opposites attract. Apparently that Alamo song at the beginning is not a real song. They wrote it for this show. Really? So, Are there any old songs about the Alamo? Well, none that aren't racist. Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, All right, uh... in fairness, it is that battle is about killing Mexicans, you know. <laughs> And Texas trying to maintain their slavery uh, because yeah. uh, if yeah, Mexico yeah, yeah. had taken over, it would have been outlawed. It's not. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of wholesome stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I don't think I will remember the Alamo. Nope. I think I'll just hide even... in the basement. I damn it! <laughs> Beat me again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? I got this here Confederate flag, Pally. No. Uh, no. Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. How about a quote? You got a quote, Brian? Uh, I got a quote. As I mentioned, the guy that plays uh, Baron Zemo, the uh, mob boss, has... I Like, the first time I saw this, I was like, wow, this guy's terrible. Like, his first couple lines, because he's, like, really stiff and weird. And then, by his third line, I was just absolutely in love with his bizarre delivery. He's got the... The well, a, lot body of, a lot of, of guys playing mob bosses tried to do the Brando sort of unintelligible thing, and most of them could not pull it off. Well, exactly, yeah. Body of Abe Vigoda, voice of Marlon Brando. So here is him <laughs> reacting to uh, Vic's uh, attempt to uh, uh, sneak something past him. What were you on my arm? I don't know what he's talking about. That's what were you doing in Miami? And he keeps getting like that. Where's the money? That's right, Greg. I feel like they cast that guy. Everything through a tube. (laughs) 
feel like they cast that guy and then he had a stroke the week later, oh, but they God. were like they were like, uh, we can't we can't fire him now because of that. That'd be mm-hmm. embarrassing. Like, you know, <laughs> let let's just let him come in and do it. I'm gonna do the show now. Oh sorry, I'm stroke a victims. Guy. All right. Well, any any further business? That you is give all. me that's, that's... a sexy lady. <laughs> I want Wait, was that your paid. was that your further business, Matt, or was that you? Just... <laughs> yeah, that was my first... <laughs> further business. Is that okay. Matt had a stroke and wants a sexy lady? Okay. <laughs> I will say the, the other great line. What was what was almost my quote uh, from him was when Kira comes up. She's like, "Mr. Zemo, it's such a pleasure to meet you." And he goes. I know. <laughs> like, that's fantastic. And your quote was almost the five-minute song at the end, too. It was almost, if it, if the song wasn't so long, it would have been, uh, because that was great, especially when Cisco's like, Oh, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. Th- that was great. This was, that was so much, like, more smoothly integrated than, uh, hey, Gates McFadden can tap dance, can we use that? <laughs> this actually fit in nicely with all the other stuff that was happening. Yep. I hear they call you the lounge singing captain. They most certainly do not. <laughs> what? No. I mean, no one has ever me, said that ever. They call me the guy who murdered that Romulan senator, but uh, nobody's ever but called that's me. Not also, like my some people, thing. Also, a lot of people call me God, but uh... yeah, it's a little awkward. But uh, <laughs> yeah, people are people. I'd say he tugs at his collar, except that outfit he had didn't have a collar. No, it didn't. <laughs> Got that weird... Well, you said it was like his Bond villain outfit, Brian. It was very similar. It's a yeah. big week for turtlenecks on this show. Yeah. All right. Pressing forward, I think. I had a subtitle yes. for that episode. It would be, it's a big week for turtlenecks. Speaking of... Well, it's it's about to continue because we got more turtlenecks coming up. On, oh, uh, yeah, we oh, do. So what's, we the do. Type, what's the name of this episode, uh, Al? Uh, Inter Arma Enim Silent Legis, which is probably wrong, but I've never heard Latin spoken by, by a native, so... Uh, it That's... stands for uh, who watches the Watchmen, I think. Yes. No. It, it's. Uh, it obviously means. Uh, no, I don't know. It means enter Armus Armin's silent ledgers. Yes. So Armus and Armin Shimmerman. <laughs> I had some loud ledgers. Now they're quiet. I oiled my ledgers with my own oil that I secrete. I, I just looked it up because no I more. wanted to. It means in the time of war, the law is silent. They actually say that in the episode yeah. itself. Like Admiral I'm, Ross actually says that thing. And um, I think I was sleeping. Yeah, probably. Well, let yeah. me tell you what happens. Julian is headed to a medical conference, and we all know what that means. Something's going to interrupt him so he doesn't make it to the conference. This time it's Sloan, the secret agent man who doesn't exist and has a habit of showing up in Julian's bedroom in a tight leather outfit. You know... If I didn't watch it happen myself, I think that was a story he made up to tell Garrick. No, it's real. And Sloane wants him to go on this, go to this particular medical conference, which is on Romulus. Naturally, Julian takes this assignment incredibly seriously and proceeds to tell everyone he bumps into that I'm on a top secret mission. Shh, don't tell anyone. And he te- and, and I do mean he tells everyone, from Cisco to Admiral Ross to a Romulan senator to the head of the Tal fucking Shi'ar to the actual praetor of Romulus. Seriously, he may be the worst commando since Firebird. Anyway, all that stuff happens gradually over the course of the episode. I don't mean to imply that the Doctor literally ran to each of these people and yelled to them that he was on a secret mission. No, first he got aboard an intrepid-class starship that has USS Voyager crossed out and USS Nora Ephron written in crayon. I think that's what they said, Nora Ephron, the mythical creature that killed the Chimera, right? Then the definitely-not-Voyager shows up to Romulus and, huh, wouldn't you know it, there's no second planet of Dracula's called Remus anywhere in sight. Must be on the other side of the Romulan sun or something. In a shadow, obviously, because sunlight would kill everyone. Dracula's. Anyway, then Julian does all that stuff I said, and since he doesn't trust Sloane, and damn it, why won't anyone listen to me? I guess I'll just blab our business to literally anyone who will listen. Then the Romulans catch and nearly kill Sloane, but he beams away at the last possible second, which makes no goddamn sense, but that's just what spies do, and seriously, it wouldn't have mattered if he rode away on a crocodile. That's just how these things work. What a guy. <laughs> then Julian B's impetuous and pouty to Admiral Ross, who was apparently in on the whole shenanigan the whole time. Can you have just one shenanigan? Then Sloane shows up in Julian's bedroom again to wrap up the expository loose ends and tell him that everything happened was exactly as planned, and don't bother to call security because poof. He's gone again. Spies! Yeah. Yeah. Basically, ah, Sloane yeah. can do whatever he wants. He's a magic elf. I, I guess. He's I a like magic leather elf. He ride a crocodile everywhere. 
I, I should mention, it, in my day job, I recently got a new manager named Ace. So Ace Rimmer's kind of been on my mind. Wow. I've known in my entire life one person named Ace, and I could not fault him for it because his real name was Adolf. Yeah, you know what? You yep. go with anything. True story. I say, I say, if if your parents name you Adolf, you're allowed to make up whatever kind of dumbass nickname you feel like. What <laughs> kind of you Adolf, you make Ace. What kind of parents? Yeah. Well, it, was was with born a P- it was Adolf with a PH. What's that? It was Adolf with a PH. That doesn't, doesn't help. No. He was named after his grandfather, apparently. His grandfather, Adolf Hitler? Yeah. <laughs> or his grand his grandfather, Adolf Harpo Marx? <laughs> Who also changed his name to Arthur? Yes, because he knew. Like, damn it, we are Adolf, all working... He was Adolf with a PH. He didn't take that as an excuse. We are yeah, all exactly. working damn hard to eliminate the name Adolf from the from the world. Like... Yeah. yeah. Get on board, Ace's did dad. They, did these guys' parents not get the memo? I, I guess not. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> pretty anyway, sure I, I gotta already never anyway, anyway, off topic there. <laughs> I, I gotta say, this Ace is actually pretty cool. I, mm. I he seems pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty great. Anyway. What a guy. But, uh, but the, the, that, that's why I was thinking great. about riding crocodiles, just because, you know. Yes. And smoking kippers and so forth. But Sloane <laughs> really just, like, he does whatever, he, like, the the beaming away when he's at the last second when he's shot by a phaser. Just like, what? Yep. And by the way, no, he didn't. We saw him get shot. They used the same yeah, that cool getting disruptor shot by getting yeah, shot by a Romulan disruptor effect everybody has. Yeah. That yeah. was not a beaming effect. No. And you, you would think they'd be able to pick up on someone beaming and nope. be able to tell the difference. No, apparently not. He's got magic beaming where he just disappears. I, the this thing whole is, plan relies on the Romulans not being paranoid and obsessive and detail-oriented. Even though you have a room with the entire, like, secret Romulan cabal that runs the whole planet, the whole empire, presumably, including their president and the head of their CIA. And they wouldn't have beam shielding on that place? You would think. Wait, 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 wait. Sloane is a smug asshole in a stupid costume who can disappear whenever he wants to. I think he might be a magician. <laughs> he demands to be taken seriously. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I actually like Sloane. I like the guy who plays him. I, I mostly like, him too, like yeah. the way the character's written. I just, some of the stuff they did is a little too ridiculous. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I think all three He's, of us are on the yeah. same page in that we remember this guy and this whole story being cooler, and it was actually kind of slow and uh, yeah, super engaging. Like, I was I was looking forward to this one, but I yeah. was just like, all right, what's like at the time which I when I thought everything was about to wrap up, there were literally seventeen minutes left. The old twenty the minutes point. left, yeah. It's usually twenty three minutes for me, but yeah. yeah, you 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 have a little bit more patience than I have apparently. Five more minutes mm-hmm. of patience, apparently I... so. Well, I was I was I was I was you know sitting around enjoying the Voyager sets, I guess. The, th- the thing is, I'm really genuinely surprised that this is the first and only time we see an Intrepid-class ship and mm-hmm. the Voyager sets. It's like, they're making that show across the lot. Why not take advantage and save a little money? It's Yeah, it'd be really easy to fleet. pop a couple of those into the uh, into the uh, big ship battles and stuff, you know? Yeah, and to the fans, mm-hmm. it's not like a cost-saving measure. It's like a continuity thing. Ooh, the same yeah. ship. It's part of the same it's fleet. Like, That's cool. I think I can yeah. speak for all of us when I say we, we enjoy it when a Galaxy-class ship shows up. Yeah. We're like, oh, hey, like that yeah. ship we like. Yeah, exactly. I know yeah. exactly, like, if you go out here, that's where 10 Forward is. And if you go over here, that's where engineering is. Like, I know this ship. Mm-hmm. And apparently, though, they forgot that uh, on Voyager, they changed the, the mess hall so that, like, there's a there's a galley. Like, because on, on Voyager, apparently that's what they do. I We haven't watched it yet, but... Uh, yeah. They're yeah, supposed they, to be they, replicators, they and they forgot to put them back in. So, <laughs> whoops. Also, as as I mentioned in my summary, they don't take the registry number off. No. Well, I thought about that. You know, they could just, if, you know, if they thought Voyager was gone, like, well, they, never they could just give the numbers. We don't know. Like, Do we know that, though? I, I don't think that. I mean, the real military doesn't. Hmm. And plus, it's Starfleet. When stuff disappears, half the time it pops up in some strange place, like... You can't just assume it's gone forever. Like Scotty. Well, yeah, exactly. well, well, it's gone forever, but it could easily come out through a wormhole or something 500 years from now. Yeah, or be in the knows. past or whatever. Yeah, there's a million... Like the, like the Enterprise C. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if they even just called this the Voyager B, if they just kind of, like, hastily assumed that it's gone well, forever... It'd be, the, vo- just... it'd be yeah. the Voyager A. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, that's true. Unless, unless they lost another one. Yeah, that could also be true. Damn it, Janeway. Well, they're really small ships. I keep forgetting where I put them. 
It was just here. I just put it down. But it was like it was genuinely cool to see like, oh, this is a different kind of ship that mm-hmm. we watching in order haven't seen before. So, yeah. And also, you know, they using, because, well, you know, brand new, brand new ship. Like, yeah, the, of course, they'd use it for like a diplomatic mission. Yeah. It's just and like it's what they the used to use the Enterprise would, for. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's a ship that's specifically designed to be sneaky. So that's something that the Romulans would sort of value. Oh, is it? Mm. Yeah, they say that it's like de- de- designed for like long space missions and like speed and. Oh, see, I thought it was for sciencey stuff because I thought yeah, Janeway I was largely into scientific missions. I, yeah, stuff. I thought it was supposed to be like the new version of the like classic Enterprise. Or like built or the, for long term. Uh, what do you call it? The Reliant exploration missions. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I have I haven't watched Voyager in quite some time. No, I, I seriously don't remember. Well, and probably, to, that's probably part of the standard info dump about in the how, pilot. Like, it was designed to be like like quick and efficient and sneaky. Uh, so that it's able to like just like you know go and get the job done, very utilitarian. Hmm. Um, mm. Which was actually actually a great use of that mess hall set because, you know, they needed a big place for people to have receptions and stuff, and Voyager had this uh, yeah. big uh, no, and it helps you know, again because this big sort of utilitarian hall, right? So yeah, no, it's, it, it it absolutely works as as part of the and and again, it's a bit of world building, but it's also practical. Like it it works, mm-hmm. you know, works for everybody. And you know, even you know, even on our worst day, where we're you know maybe not keen on Voyager. I mean, me personally, you, well, you know, but uh, I'm keeping an open. Mind. Oh, are you keeping right. an open mind about Voyager? Huh? But you know, even even if you're not a fan of the show, it's still cool to see the ship. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would Quite say it, it's not anything like that it, sort it, of widens the universe. I'm always fine with. Yeah, exactly. And this is the only time we see the white dress uniforms that they used in Insurrection, like on this show. I like those mm. uniforms. Those are yeah, I like those uniforms. a lot. Yeah. I can't tell if I do. I They look like a military version of a white tux, and I don't know how I feel about white tuxes either. Well, I mean, that's what actual <laughs> naval dress uniforms look like. They look like military versions of white tuxes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, but I mean, accuracy. I don't, like, I. I they look like waiters is the problem. I, so I'm still, I still like them better than the, uh, the next-gen like, uh, dresses. Yeah. Well, the the first like three seasons of the next gen, like they were like knee length, and that was just ridiculous. But then after that, they were like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a slightly longer than an average suit jacket, but still they looked like, I don't know, they looked like the. Lazy I don't know. Look. We were we were into that at dumb. the time. I, I I never I never liked them. Uh, but Matt, you and I were like one of the things we reacted to in early next gen was like, good. Now they're making everybody wear a short skirt. <laughs> Oh I, man, I, also, I forgot uh, about the the season one next gen skirts on dudes. That's the that's the thing is like coming out of the original series. It's like okay, good. Now now everyone's got to got to lower their dignity a little bit. <laughs> now at I, least it's across uh, the I, board. When I was a kid, but the only Jordy and Data action figures I had were wearing dress uniforms. Oh god, that must have made their adventures together very specific. Well, here we are at another at another diplomatic gathering. Data black tie. Gala. Oh no, it's Q. <laughs> Weirdly enough, my my uh, uh, games that I would play were were always you know based around galas, you know, museum openings. Yeah, I weddings. mean, uh, boys love galas. All all boys do. <laughs> dress up Ch- Data and dress up Jordy in the morning. <laughs> no, this is in the evening, Matt. Nights. It's after six. What are they, farmers? <laughs> yes, they are farmers. Did it come with a uh, little like uh, martini glass and like a maybe a tray of cheese cubes? It came with a big solid purple tray of cheese cubes, a big solid purple uh, mug, and a phaser with a beam shooting out of it. Right, of course, of course, and a stand, uh-huh. and, and a an stand. action figure of a woman for Jordy to fail to uh, get anywhere with. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a Leah Brahms action figure. So come here Probably often. Is. Okay, bye. Jordy, your Actually, attempt to seduce that woman did not work out. Yes, thank you, Data. Was there ever a Vic Fontaine action figure, come to think of it? That's a good question. It seems like there would be. I mean, they made everyone else. Yeah, and putting aside my, you know, annoyance that he's a main character, he is kind of a main character now. Yeah, and did he come with a phaser with a beam coming out of it? Or was it a microphone? That was where I was going with that, yeah. They all did. No, it looks like they uh, they did not make a Vic Fontaine action figure. I also don't remember there being an Esri Dax one, but that just might be because I stopped collecting them by that point. I'm sure that there was an Esri. There should have been, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so back to inter. Uh huh. Now, more Ryan, importantly, did they make thing? an Esri Dax action figure in her in her cocktail dress? Well, no. Um, 
but that would be nice. What was my, which thing are you asking <laughs> about? Good the thing. good thing, the bad thing? My good thing? Okay. Uh, my good thing was the, uh, well, I, I mentioned the reception scene earlier, and mm-hmm. my good thing was uh, Admiral Ross's reaction to drinking Romulan Ale. <laughs> because for some reason, Romulan Ale has always been a little thing that bugs me on uh, Star Trek. It's supposedly illegal, but everybody is constantly all the time drinking it. Yep. yep. And so in this case, Admiral Ross, who I guess is Johnny Law, was like, oh, I've never had Romulan Ale. I'm at a Romulan event. What a fun thing for me to do. And then he drinks, he's like, <laughs> wow. oh my god. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, especially good. since I'm pretty sure we saw Kirk just like toss it down yeah. like a shot. No, he drinks it. Yeah, Riker, Riker was always slugging it back. Yeah, he, dr- he drinks it like he's Roger Rabbit taking a shot of whiskey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Drink the drink. I don't want to drink the drink. <laughs> and that's how uh, that's how I Bashir do. finally don't. gets the uh, the Section Thirty One connection out of him at the end is by doing the old shaving a haircut trick. <laughs> no, you admiral will tell can me resist. about it, uh, Section Thirty One. No, I won't. Yes, you will. No, I won't. <laughs> no, you won't. Yes, I will. <laughs> now I just want to watch that. Rabbit season. I want to see Julian dip a cartoon shoe into a vat of toxic waste. I'm pretty sure it would be Sloane doing that, not Julian. Remember me, Julian? They do, have the, they do have the same taste in clothes. All Sloan was missing was the hat. Yeah, also, I, I think uh, he would come to uh, Vic Fontaine's and get his cartoon sidekick that we just talked about <laughs> and dip him in the barrel. No, he'd do uh, Rom. Yeah. You know how everybody thought there was no way to kill a Ferengi? Sloan found a way. Oh, thank <laughs> And then he starts lowering him into it. Oh, I love Sloan now. I, I, want this to be, I want this to be real. Please kill Rom. Please. Please dip rom. Yes. Is it too late to start the dip rom campaign? Probably is. I, I'm sorry, now I'm just picturing Ferenginar as Toontown. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Bunch smile, of animated Ferengis. Darn you, smile. Yep. Uh, fucking Julian falling out of the side of a building. <laughs> and then like Quark and uh, I don't know, some other famous Dog. Ferengi that I can't think of are falling with him. Yep. Yeah. Oh, hey buddy. No ran out of pities. Okay, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, um, I like the return of the quickening after like four years from that <laughs> stupid, terrible episode. We've been mentioning that all along because Julian's yeah, supposed yeah. to be coming up with a cure for that. Yeah. And hasn't mentioned it once. To the point where I was like, when I first saw the symptoms, I'm like, is that that stupid disease he was working on? What the fuck was it called? The begottening or the blight or something? The, the electric boogaloo? And it's like, oh, oh, well, I was working in, working on the quickening, and, uh, oh, right, the quickening, that was its stupid name. Thanks, Julian. No, I like a, I like a decent, I think that's a decent uh, callback to another it is. episode I didn't fucking like. It was, um, I mean, it was, it was in the larger context of, like, biogenic weapons, and the fact that a Romulan just sort of strolls up to him and says, so, you know how to make weapons that kill people. Can I, can you tell me how to do that? Um, I don't think I will, actually. Okay, goodbye. Well, that's all I need from you. Good day, sir. That was very rude, not telling me how to kill lots of people at once. What a jerk. I just wanted to make biological weapons, which (laughs) have been outlawed for hundreds of years. And meanwhile, over on the other side of the place, Julian is like, What a nice guy. I really think I made a friend. (laughs) I must try to have that guy tortured later. Oh, dear. Apparently torture doesn't work because he's genetically altered. Well, magic sci-fi torture doesn't work. I'm sure if they peeled off his fingernails or something. Yeah, probably. Please no more fingernails! Disappeared really fast. Uh, or my hit good him, thing. Hit him in, a di- in the dick with a rope. With a phone book. Somehow yeah. they still have phone books on Romulus. <laughs> it's the only they reason they have phone books anymore. Yes. There you go. My good thing. Um, Senator Kretak, who is actually in uh, the, the early parts of this season, she was the senator... Uh, station.ds9 that, that Kira was uh, fighting with over like uh, uh, the, the, the Bajoran moon and having a hospital there yeah. that actually had weapons and stuff. They were Okay, first of all, they replaced the actress and they were both good. Like, I yeah. like the original one and I like this one, but they are nothing alike. No. To the point where if I hadn't remembered the character's name, I would not have caught on to the fact that they're supposed to be the same person. And I, as someone who didn't remember the character's name, I didn't catch on to that until yeah, someone you, told yeah, me. Easily, if you didn't remember, you would not have any real way of knowing. Yeah. This is supposed to be the same. Oh, we've seen her before. That's why we trust her, because she's actually kind of cool. She's a little shady, but mostly she's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, she's already got that established goodwill there that is useless if you don't know who she is. Yeah. But yeah. but but the new person they got for her, which is uh, Adrian Barbeau, 
quite good. And this character, like seeing her fleshed out a little more, like Julian goes to her and says, uh, the Sloan guy's bugging me. I don't know what to do. I need help. And she's like, I could get killed. This is Romulus and they take treason seriously, but okay, I hear what you're saying and I guess I'll try to help. And yeah. it just, it's, I love when we see a sympathetic, like I've always liked this about Star Trek. This is one of those gene things I actually agree with. Mm-hmm. When we see the friendly, ha- the friendly face of an, of, of, a, of an enemy, they're mm-hmm. not all just straight up evil. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I liked her. She was a good embodiment of that concept of, of here's a friendly Romulan. Yep. Cause she's and, still a little duplicitous, but she's also kind of cool. And I love that this episode basically destroyed her entire life. It did. Like Julian has ruined her life really for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he walked right into Sloan's trap of, we knew you were going to do all this and we counted yeah. on you to do that. <laughs> Which is terrible. Yeah. Just just awful. Like, I love taking, like, this character, like, that we're sympathetic with. And she she, there, she does nothing wrong in this episode at no. all. Nope. Nope. She's fine. And no, she, she's trying to be helpful. Yeah. She gets fired, probably arrested, possibly executed. Yeah. Probably. I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot. Romulus, you know, the, the leadership is changing constantly. This yep. is a planet... Where I I don't I don't even think they have coups anymore because just people are constantly overthrowing the government. I think yeah, it's just part of the system. There's no time for coups anymore. Well, a coup implies that someone is disrupting the natural order of things, whereas I think this is the natural order of things. Yeah. I think their political process just involves a, a measure of overthrowing the government on a regular basis. All right. Well, next they have th- a parliamentary coup-based system. Yeah, exactly. Most people right. wouldn't think works, but a coup-ligarchy. All right. Well, according to the schedule, <laughs> next week Prater to whatever takes over. So we got to schedule that. Okay. So then there's that. He'll be dead by lunch. So we'll cross right. that out. Yeah. No, it's it's like I Doug, buy that. You're scheduled to be assassinated on Tuesday. Can you fit that in? Uh, bump I it up. Move some stuff around. Do, yeah. do me a favor and bump it to Wednesday. I'm try- I I get my kids' recital. It, I'm supposed to be having dinner with the in-laws on Tuesday, so I'll switch that to Wednesday, and yeah, kill me on Tuesday. All right. <laughs> I also like that this is probably the best we've ever seen the Romulans. Like, we've oh, talked a lot about how, as a major power, they're not really well-defined, and what we do know about them kind of contradicts each other. Just but that wasted use of a ongoing Star Trek villain. Yeah. No, this, this like... More like this, if they'd gone more in this direction and shown yeah. us more of these Romulans, I I would have, like, they would have sort of fixed them. Yeah. But this is pretty much it. Like, we, I think we get some of, you know, more of them in the in the, the big, like, nine-part finale, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we get Nemesis, which the, the less said, the better. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but I, I did, like, I enjoyed the Romulans in general, and in particular, Senator Kretek. She was pretty great. Mm-hmm. She was. She was, Alec. Uh, Brian, what was your bad thing? Uh, well, my bad thing, and this is, this is I'm doing that thing that uh, uh, Matt sometimes does, uh, where uh, it's something that a character does that I don't like, even though I know it was the right choice for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, something that happens a lot, uh, Sloane's stupid, smug attitude. <laughs> uh, because you know how, like, there's always that villain who's like, I'm doing the things that need to be done. People like you need people like me to the protect you. Blah, the things blah, you're afraid to up. do. Yeah. yeah. And maybe and Julian's just like, oh, maybe if uh, you weren't being an asshole and other people weren't being assholes, we wouldn't need assholes to be assholes at each other. Uh, 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 Brian? <laughs> I should have said arseholes. Yeah, arseholes. Yeah, that's, 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 I should have I picked a word that was easier to do in that accent, like squirrel. <laughs> um, squirrel. 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 People like you weren't being squirrels. And my favorite superhero. My favorite superhero, Squirrel Girl. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, like when he was doing that, especially at the end when he showed up in Julian's room again. Yeah. And he was just like, now I see why we're so important and we're the best. And Section 31 is the smartest boys in the room. I will say, and shut up, man. I think it was yeah. Funk who pointed this out when we did um, Home Front. I think it was just like so much of this feels like criticism of post nine eleven America, and this was before that. Yeah, yep. There's a lot of that. Like, like I would not be surprised if Section Thirty One engaged in like enhanced interrogation, and you know, just so much of it feels like like mid two thousands criticism of the Bush administration. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's weird. I'm not not that that was the first time that kind of stuff ever happened. No, but it's just it's weird to see it in popular American entertainment from the '90s. It it, it was just kind only of a couple of, of years yep. before that stuff started happening. Yeah, 
Yeah, well. my, my runner-up is his dumb leather smock, so... Uh, yeah. I I had my problems with that the last time he showed up. I fucking hate that stupid thing. It looks like it's full of ball it's, sweat. It's just so 90s. That's everyone in the 90s dressed like that. And his uh, his paisley turtleneck he wears in his civilian guys. Oh, yep. Maybe Which I'd actually be... takes me to my quote. Pinstripe suit jacket and paisley turtleneck, and yes. When they run into him, he's he's sort of undercover as a, I, I don't know, like a low-level diplomat or a botanist or something. I don't remember. But um, <laughs> he's basically cosplaying as Brian. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> because someone uh, misuses a quote from Shakespeare or something like that, and he's like, oh, no, 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 Here, here's the actual thing. And he kind of puts on a, like, you know, apologies, Brian, but he kind of puts on a know-it-all no, no, nerd voice. No, no, that's completely fair. <laughs> and, and, and says this. That's the spirit, so I never say die. What an odd expression. What does it mean? It's a line from an old Earth poem. Forgive me for interrupting. I uh, couldn't help overhearing, and etymology is one of my hobbies. The uh, phrase, never say die, is originally from a 19th century poem based on Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. Now, it's since passed into the vernacular as a as an exhortation never to give up, no matter the cost. I was I was saying just the other day I was correcting somebody because they said blood is thicker than water, and the actual full quote is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, which means that the the relationships you forge by choice are stronger than relationships you uh, uh, right. It means the opposite. Birth. So yeah, it's the opposite yeah. of what people. Also, say I don't need to play my quote now because you've basically just. I basically done. did. You can play. <laughs> No, but he he does. It's it's just like, and I like William Sadler's choice to like. He changed his voice a bit. He's not mm -hmm. the super confident spy. Now he's oh, uh, excuse me, I'm I'm a bit of a nerd Hi. who knows some stuff, and uh, I just I like that. It's a good I acting choice. I couldn't help but and, overhear you talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I enjoyed that. It was it was definitely good, and yeah. I, it is a completely fair comparison. And so. I'm glad you're here because, like, I'd much rather make that that joke to your face than behind your back. So. <laughs> That's well, true. We're not too, we're, we're, you're not technically to my face; you're to my ears. So, ah, close enough. See, I did it again. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> 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 Brian away. Um, Matt, your Stop bad up. thing. We've basically been talking about this whole time. Yeah, this episode was boring, and it shouldn't have been. I, I don't I feel like it was a little long, but I feel like there was a lot of good here. I think the the big Ugh. problem sort of ties into my bad thing, which is the focus on Julian. Like if he had been along with maybe a stronger character, it would have been better. Mm -hmm. But I don't yeah, think Julian like, carries. Uh, what's that? Maybe if he brought like someone else from the cast along with him. That's what I mean. Like somebody like Cisco or Odo, someone who can carry yeah, this. Someone like Rom or Morn. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he just, I don't know, he spends the whole time being so petulant. Yeah, like, he really does. Oh, I don't agree with your methods. You're doing the wrong thing. Huh. And he, he was almost as annoying in the other direction. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, actually, I will give, uh, Ron Moore wrote this, and you can tell there's a lot of Ron Moore-isms in it. But there, there's yeah. one scene in particular where Sloane and, and Bashir are arguing for a couple of minutes. And he's like, and Sloane finally goes, you know what, I'm going to say... We need to go too far to ensure our freedom. And you're going to say you need to do the moral thing. And we're just going to have this argument forever. So let's just take that as red and move on. Okay. Yeah. And I like that. They're kind of like, yeah, this scene could go on forever, but what's the fucking point? Yeah. I like, that. I could have done with some of that in the, uh, the last meeting with Julian and, uh, Admiral Ross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's basically or... the same thing again. <laughs> you did horrible things. Yeah. Sometimes Bye. you gotta do horrible things. Yeah. Do, do you not know about war? Again. Yeah. It's, it, oh, Julian, it's I just want to pat you on the head. Nothing. I just want to pat, pat you on the head, give you a cup of tea, and send you off to put your pajamas on. Now go get Kukalaka, and I'll read you a story. <laughs> uh, Julian's pajamas appear in this episode, and they do not seem like the kind of pajamas he would wear. <laughs> They're definitely not the kind of pajamas he should he would wear while trying to be threatening to Sloane appearing in his bedroom. He should have like he should have like little shorts and a V-neck like Captain had. <laughs> or just a speedo and nothing else. I, Julian, it seems like the kind of guy who just sleeps in the nude. Possibly. I don't know. Like, I could see that, but I can also totally see the full body reveal nothing striped pajamas. Like, that actually doesn't <laughs> seem out of character to me. Well, then they should the, have also given him a little floppy hat to wear. I, true. Yes. And, and, and he should have been carrying, carrying a candle like in a cup. Carrying a single yep. candle. Yes. yes. 
and a teddy bear, which he holds by the leg and lets it drag on the ground. Right. I mean, we know he's got the teddy yep. bear. That's been established. So it's not yep. like yep. just a couple of extra details and we would have been there. Garrick, have you finished making my bunny slippers yet? <laughs> it's been very difficult for me to find live rabbits to turn. Oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> Nobody told you to do that. Uh, just, Why would you do that? Just replicate. Just replicate some pink bunnies. Ah, oh, you're horrible. Tell me about yep. spying. <laughs> oh, yeah, we get a great scene with Garrick where, as Matt pointed out, he's he's no longer denying that he's a spy. Yeah. No, he's just like, oh, well, when I was spying, yeah. I often when found I it enjoyable. Spy doctor. I, mean, I was the spiest spy that ever spied. At one point, he was denying the existence of the Obsidian Order entirely. Mm-hmm. And now he's just and, like... So when I was in the Obsidian Order... The what city and what what? Never heard of it. Yeah. Doctor, have you ever heard of that comic strip Spy vs. Spy? Well, I used to spy on those spies. I was the black and white spy. <laughs> I was the gray spy. Oh, no, there was a gray spy. Yeah, I was the gray oh, yeah, girl spy, spy. Oh, right. And she would kill both of them. Yep. That's Peace. pretty good, actually. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, What else? Anything? Do we talk about uh, Spy vs. Oh spy some more? No. I do really like the idea of, like, you know, that, like, you know, Section 31 and uh, the Obsidian Order being, like, the Black Spy and the White Spy. And, you know, mm -hmm. they, they set up, like, a replicator to create a mallet to bonk somebody on the head or something. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that seems about right. Mm -hmm. I like that Section 31 is supposedly, like, so, like, sneaky and everything, but they're just, like, on Romulus and they're having open conversations about what they're doing. Like, wouldn't you just, like assume that every single place was wired yeah on romulus yeah especially like, a conference room on romulus yeah yeah why not fly back yeah a conference room on romulus yeah sure there's not going to be any mm -hmm. any spying happening there go back to the ship if you have to have your little secret talk yeah now that that kind of bugged me it's less likely that the romulans you just had on the ship haven't put bugging software into all the rooms already yeah and even and even that's not a safe bet yeah no right no, you get back to your quarters and you see, like, whatever the Romulan equivalent of a spider tracer is. And mm -hmm. like, oh, damn it. It's one of those TV spy bugs which beeps and has a little flashing red light on it. Oh, right. yeah. So you can find it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I need to make my bug more visible. That way well, people will know it's a bug. It. Yeah. Uh, there's also, this isn't really, like, there's no, like, there was just a really cool shot of a bunch of warbirds, like, in orbit, and the little Intrepid-class ship sort of, like, flying under one of them. Like, it was, Oh, yeah, that was neat. Really effective that, that shot. Was, that, was, that was really nice. I, was like, like they I, used... assume they're, uh, I assume they're saving most of the fancy ship stuff for the coming... Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Coming the big old finale. Which... I was, like, seeing the scale of warbirds, too. Yeah, me too, because you know, they're, they're so like, much bigger. Yeah, they're like the Star Destroyers of uh, Star Trek. Yeah. And we saw... I'm pretty sure they used, like, every model they had for that shot, because there yeah. were a whole bunch of them. And we got a nice close-up, like, like in the in the like huge in the foreground mm. and it was fantastic it was just a good shot uh anything else uh no brian no very well well as we have said this is like this is it as far as standalone episodes go the next yep. nine episodes are a giant serialized run into the finale so yep that very exciting on, on the other hand we do remember section 31 being cooler than it was i hope the finale is as good as we remember oh yeah. yeah at least the romulans finally lived up to their potential that's true it was about time yeah well better late than never i suppose it'd be true. terrible if the finale is like all vic fontaine and his cartoon friend is trying to like save a princess from from uh, the alamo nixon from the alamo the concept from, wait, of the from, alamo from richard nixon at the alamo I was gonna, <laughs> wait did you say nixon because now i'm back on board <laughs> This is, this is uh, the new best episode. Uh, yeah. Rick Fontaine, was... my old nemesis. <laughs> you damn commie. <laughs> Get him, checkers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brian, why don't you tell us about your fine blog? Um, well, my fine blog is uh, my children's cartoon movies reviews blog. That was almost a sentence. Uh, and it is located at allthedisneymovies.blogspot.com. Uh, I have finished the uh, increasingly uh, terrible work of Don Bluth, and I am now moving into, uh, I'm doing a couple uh, minor Warner Brothers releases, and then I'm going into Steven Spielberg's Amblimation studio, so uh, I'm keeping an open mind about Amblimation. <laughs> no, you're not. That well, fucking... I'll tell you this, 
All three Amblimation movies were directed by H.G. Wells' great-grandson, so that's something interesting, at least. It's a uh, We're Back a Dinosaur Story, an American oh. Tale, Five Goes West, and oh. Walto. Oh. Uh, I saw all so, of those yeah. in the theater. And uh, that's... That's an accomplishment in its own... Actually, if I felt like it, I could go see an American Tale, Five Goes West in the theater in a couple weeks. My uh, Do you feel like it? The theater across the street from me has like a kid's movie thing that it does in the summer, and there's cheap tickets on Where Wednesday mornings. Plays and, uh, terrible sequels the, to good animated Well, they, they also played uh, Space Jam a couple weeks ago. So, uh, so but, they uh, played this terrible week, this week animated... Ho- yeah. This week is Hotel Transylvania. That's a good movie. I don't know what that is. It's a very good movie. Um... But yeah, anyway, uh, don't think of it that way. Think of it as a Gen D Tartakovsky joint that happens to star Adam Sandler. Oh. Um, but uh, it's good. Trust me, it's very good. It's, right. a, it's a mad monster party. Okay. Um, the, uh, the next movie, though, I'm doing is uh, Rover Dangerfield. Oh, good. Oh, God. What if, what if Rodney Dangerfield was a dog, colon, Oh, movie. man. Right. You want to talk about things I haven't thought about in, like, 20 years? So, if you ever wanted to see a dog get disrespected, (laughs) that's the movie for you. Tug at his non-existent collar. Uh, No, he actually wears a necktie through the entire movie. Of course. And no other clothes. Right. Yeah. Probably not. And no other... Exactly. And sometimes he walks on two legs, and sometimes he walks on four legs, which... Look, you know how I feel about animals wearing clothes. I, I do, and, and, and if you, societies. the listeners, want to find out how Brian feels about it, go to his blog. The bug up my ass is how I feel about it. <laughs> that bug is wearing a bowler hat for no reason. Uh, also coming up soon is our uh, big five-year anniversary slash Voyager launch uh, live show extravaganza thing. So, Oh, I wish I could be there. Look forward to that. That is August 22nd at the yep. Pocket Theater in Seattle. Uh, screening the two-part Voyager premiere starts at 3. Recording of the episode starts at 5. There is no admission. Uh, we we encourage you to donate to the venue and or buy a drink from the bar, but you don't actually have to pay to get in officially, so that's nice. So I'll tell you this. I am so looking forward to you guys starting Voyager. I don't think I've been looking forward to anything this much <laughs> since the actual premiere of Voyager, which I was so excited about. Uh-huh. I was I, 10 years old. I mean, I looked forward to it as well. But, yeah, me too. Uh, this was, what, 1995, 96, and, like, it's been and a long time. time makes fools of us all. Maybe <gasps> I'll feel differently. Who knows? We'll find out. To find out, go to our live show and see what Yay. we think. All right. And with that, Matt, please say your thing. See you, folks. <laughs> The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.